What I've learned is that both men and women tend to have this expectation, like a story already set in their mind of what is supposed to happen. And so when things fall outside of that, then it's like, oh, she's wrong, he's wrong, I'm wrong, they're wrong. Like it's all these judgments around this supposed ending or outcome that should have happened on this day at this time, when really dating is no different than any other journey. You know, even once you're in the relationship, it's no different than any other journey. It's not linear sometimes it's just like a zigzag all over the place and you know everyone's map is not the same welcome to the asian dating podcast i'm your host may buchenhagen i am the owner of two asian matchmakers which is a boutique matchmaking company that helps men find an asian woman all across the u.s or in asia and my guest this week is farah blakely and she is pretty amazing farah is a certified relationship coach, life coach, and mindfulness practitioner. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Farah? Thank you, May. I'm doing great. I'm so <laughs> glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So tell the audience a little bit about how you got started and what made you do what you do today to help others. Yeah, so actually it was my own personal experience. Uh, I am divorced. Uh, so uh, when I divorced back in 2003, four, somewhere around there, um, I wanted to, you know, find love again. And so I started my dating journey um, as I was a single mother. I had two young kids. So starting the dating journey again after a divorce was very challenging. And it was so hard and so uncomfortable. I thought to myself, there has to be a better way to do this. Like all the things that people tell you to do and, you know, make your list and check for this and ask this and all those things, it just doesn't pan out the way you think it should. And so I was like, there has to be a better way. So I was like, I'm going to find a better way. Like I'm going to be on this journey anyway. I might as well find a better way. And I started thinking how, what would be the easiest way to attract my ideal person for me? And I just focused on myself, basically. Like, that's what it boiled down to. It's like, in order for me to attract that ideal person for me, I have to really know myself, understand it, accept myself, have like my self-care, self-love, all of that, all of that has to be top priority. So that's what I focused on. And that's what I mean by inner energy is that alignment within yourself and loving it and accepting it. And just from that, you will authentically attract the ideal person for you. How can you tell if someone doesn't do the inner work, doesn't love themselves to feel like they deserve a person and they're not attracting the right people in their life? Like, how do you give me an example of someone that you're like, whoa, you need help. So an example of that would be, there's a lot of focus or a lot of time being spent on things that are on, that are the outside of themselves that they use for validation so they meet someone and they immediately need feedback from friends and family to say yep go for it nope don't go for it he did this nope you shouldn't do like things like that is a big flag a big red flag to say like you really haven't honed in 
your own authenticity, your own authority of what it is you want, what your boundaries are, what what makes you happy, because you you don't need to seek anyone else's validation because you're so connected with yourself that you know right away or you don't know right away, or you, you know for sure that it's not what you want right away. And I think that's a main red flag right there. Another one is that you're gung-ho on a goal. And this goal is like the goal of goals. If you don't have this goal, like marriage or finding a boyfriend by X date, then your world comes crumbling down. So I think those two things uh, are big red flags to indicate that this person has not honed in on their self-awareness. They're lacking some self-love and acceptance of where they're at and enjoying the process of just knowing themselves through their journey of dating. So when you said that, um, somebody who has a goal of, I need to get married by such and such, I need to find a boyfriend in three months or whatever that may be, I thought you were going to say something like, I need to train for this marathon and be ready to (laughs) run in six months. Like, you know, like, so are you saying that these goals shouldn't be relationship, put a dead end date for a boyfriend, but they should have other goals to help them be more of themselves and like themselves and be proud of their accomplishments and be confident? I mean, isn't that kind of where it all stems from that if you're confident in your life, then you don't have to seek judgment or seek advice from people like, oh, what do you think of him? I just started dating him. What do you think? What do you think? Like, if you're so confident in liking this person, you're like, okay, I, I don't need to get other people's approval. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, exactly. So it's great. And don't get me wrong. It's great to have goals, but I think when you're so attached to one goal, it kind of means that you're not as open and in the flow of what the universe has for you, because you're just like, listen, I'm getting married by the end of 2023. And that leaves out a lot of uh, alignment for what you need. And it just kind of is like slides somebody into that spot so I can check this box and get it done. You know what I mean? So you're right. When you're working on your confidence and you're enjoying your life as your life, you do things that you enjoy. You hang out with people that you enjoy. You have great family and friends. You're, you know, exploring all those things, whatever it is you love to do, that comes out in your energy as you go out into what they call the wilderness (laughs) today. And that is what makes you attractive. And that's when the right people and opportunities start just coming to you and you're like a magnet. And it you hear the saying, oh, I just met them out of the blue. It just, I don't know. I just met him out of the blue. It's not out of the blue. You manifested that. You did the work and that work was out into the universe working in your favor and you two were brought together. So when you got divorced in 2003-ish and you realize, you know what, I need to attract the right guy, I'm going to work on myself. What are some steps, what are some things that you did to work on yourself to be ready to attract the right man? The first thing I did is I took an assessment of where I was 
at that moment. Because there's where I wanted to be, which was, you know, in a relationship, married again, happy family. That's where I wanted to be. But that's not where I was at that moment. And I what and I didn't have the emotional bandwidth or availability for that at that moment. So I had two small kids. I was in my career, like building my career because I had goals with that. And um, I wanted my finances. I wanted my lifestyle to be a certain way. So I had to pick a priority. And by picking a priority, that means everything can't be a priority. So my pro- I decided my priority is my career and my kids right now. I still wanted to date, but I understood that at that time, I'm probably not capable of managing a serious relationship at that point in time in my in my life. So dating is what I took it as. I'm, I'm casually dating. I have companions. I might meet someone. I might not. It was all okay. So that was the first thing I did. As time went on, that changed. I didn't stay in that place. But I did this assessment of myself where I was honest about where I currently am and what I have the emotional bandwidth to take on so that I'm not wasting time or I'm not wasting anyone else's time. So when you make this, do this assessment, is it something that like a quiz? Was it something that you had a checklist that you just went over? Was it something, a book that you read? Like, how did you know that you needed to sit down and take inventory of your life and your schedule? Um, I think it's just my nature. I'm a to-do list person and I'm very analytical. So um, I have crafted like kind of this uh, not really a quiz, but kind of like this checklist that I do with my clients just to see where they are at currently. You know, like if you are heavy into your career and you love it, you love your work and maybe you don't love it, but you're heavy into your career and that's just where you're needed right now. And you're not at a place where you can, you know, take time off or work less because you're scared you might lose your job. Whatever your reality is, it's assessing that and being honest about it and knowing that, okay, I work 60 hours a week. I'm not about to change that because I don't want to. So probably a serious relationship really difficult for me. And instead of, you know, fighting that conflict constantly by going on dates and realizing that this isn't working out, I can accept that I'm in my career right now. That's who I'm married to, or that's who my relationship is with but I am open to date more casually just to meet people and socialize. So I have turned it into, I guess, a checklist for my clients, but initially it was just me being my over analytical self and just like writing out and journaling and coming up with like these to do's, I guess you want to call it. I think anyone or everyone should take a moment just to sit down, especially after, after a huge breakup or a divorce and be like, okay, what, what do I want to focus on right now in the next, you know, three to six months and try to get my life, have some kind of plan, not a deadline or anything like that, but just have an overview of what's going on. I think uh, talking about it helps. I think uh, writing it down helps. And for you to be like, okay, this is what I need to do. So once you did all that, then, I mean, how do you energetically attract the right person for you at that time? Like, wh- what what else did you do? 
I had to believe what I wanted, whatever that was. Like, even if it sounds silly, even if it's like, oh, well, I've never had that before. I really had to believe from my inner depths of my soul that this was possible, right? I may not have known what it looked like. I may not have known when and where and how, and that's okay, but I believed it was possible. And sometimes it got hard and sometimes I didn't always believe it was possible, but I always had like this, uh, like a saying or like a picture or um, something I would always go back to, kind of like an anchor for myself that I would always go back to just to remind me like, okay, this is possible. This is a totally possible. I can do this. Just trust the process. So I would recommend when you're doing, as you suggested, like writing it out or thinking it out after a big breakup or divorce to find a picture like at a magazine of a couple that kind of speaks to you like I would want that or a song or a saying, a quote, whatever speaks to you and put that somewhere where you can always go back to it. And it's just a reminder for you to believe that it is possible. And I think that's the biggest part of drawing it into you. Yeah. So how does one get over a bad breakup or an ex, ex-husband, ex-boyfriend, and if you want to move on, but you just can't, like you're stuck, like what are some yeah. things that you can help the audience with who are listening, how to get over that bad breakup? Oh, I have, I have a few techniques that I use with clients. Um, and one of them, I call it thank you next. So it's a letter that you are writing to this person and you are thanking them for whatever, even the bad things you're going to write out, you know, thank you for leaving me. It's made me realize that I'm stronger than what I thought I was. Thank you for, you know, telling me that I wasn't the one because now I have made space for the one that is for me. It's, it's a process of go, of acknowledging what happened in that relationship, the good and the bad, getting gratitude for it. And then saying like, what's going to replace that? So like in that example, thank you for, I don't know, in my example, thank you for cheating on me. <laughs> it made me realize just how much more valuable I am when I'm with the right person. Things like that. And there are steps before we do that, but I call it thank you next because you are closing this chapter and you're like symbolizing that you're ready for the this positive thing, the next to come in. And so um, it's cathartic. A lot of things can come out of that. And some things that you might not even realize were going on in the relationship while you were in it until you start writing and you start like having a different perspective on it and just reading it out loud uh, can be very healing. Just when you said those things, I totally went to the space where I'm like, I could totally be sarcastic with those. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for cheating on me. You made me realize I'm a lot better than you are. <laughs> like, yeah, and and that's what it's for. Like, it's really just to get it out, like yeah. get it out of your head and put it on paper and really see like, this is what happened, but this is what I'm open to now. Like I survived this, 
now this is what I am calling in to replace it. So it you can be sarcastic, you can like do all the, you know, trash talking you want, you can say whatever you want to say. And but the point of it is is to get it out. Yeah. I I really feel like that would be valuable just to say it out loud and almost mm-hmm. to move on from it, right? Like, okay, yes. once this out, I said it with my words. And now it's like, okay, I'm ready to move on. And I can see that being um, therapeutic and cathartic. Yeah. So yeah. that's be a little exercise. All right. All right. Now, how do you avoid bad dates or wasting time on the wrong people once you are ready to date and once you are attracting good people to you now? Like, what are some things to do to avoid bad dates? So this is where um, boundaries come in. And I work with my clients on really getting clear on their boundaries. Because a lot of times when dealing with professionals, you know, they're um, really into their careers, they're um, highly ambitious. Um, Those tend to be the individuals that aren't as good with boundaries and like enforcing them. So that's where we work on boundaries and really being clear about what you have time and energy for. So when you're clear on your boundaries and you're meeting people, when you're having conversations and asking, you know, qualifying questions, which is another um, aspect of my coaching, um, helping you learn how to ask the right questions. They, the, the feedback that they're giving you is giving you the information you need to know, like, do I, you know, do I want to continue this? Do I want to, you know, go on another day? Do I want to continue having texting back and forth or whatever? Or should I just, you know, end this now? So um, boundaries are a big component of that process. And when that's in place, you can cut out a lot of, you know, wasting time and also um, gain the confidence just to tell someone like, listen, I don't think this is going to work or, I don't think I want to go on our date Friday night based on our conversations. It's not a good fit. Having the confidence to be able to say that to someone and it'd be okay. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to turn into a confrontation. Or if someone says that to you and you being okay with that in the same manner, um, it comes from building that confidence and boundaries. I think it's so valuable that people are speaking their mind, for example, like, Hey, you know what, based on that conversation we had, I don't think it's a good idea. We go out Friday night. I don't feel like we're a good match in the long term. instead of ignoring his calls and ghosting and (laughs) disappearing, like, come on, like we're all adults now, right? We are adults. We are dating 18 and over 28, 38, 48, 58. Have a common courtesy to say, you know what? I don't, I don't get a good energy vibe from that conversation. I don't think we're a match, but I yeah. really appreciate getting to know you and, you know, good luck with your search. Like, yes, how easy is Absolutely. that? Yeah. And the, you know, if you're not used to doing that, I can understand why it kind of feels intimidating or weird, but once you do it, you'll, you'll be able to do it again. And after you do it like two times, like the third time, you know what I mean? Like it just gets easier and easier when you start to put that into practice. And I think just energetically, 
you do yourself a favor instead of carrying around like negative negative vibes about someone and then now you've got this kind of doubt because you're scared to say something and you're like but what if it you know it's just it just removes all that muddiness yeah I think uh one thing recently in my life is having the acknowledgement to just tell people no if there's something that I don't want to do I just say you know what Farah that's I can't do that. Or I don't do that. I don't want to do that. Sorry, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to go to so-and-so place because I don't want to go. I mean, it's, it's hard because we are innately people pleasers and especially women, right? We always like to, Mm. we always, men are, they have it easier. They say what they mean and mean what they say, but women are like, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. So I'll say yes now. And then I'll cancel later. But realistically it's best just to say you know what I just don't have time for that right now thank you for the yes, yes yeah. absolutely I 100% agree and I think that if you are a woman and you're dealing with a man um, men's feelings aren't hurt as easily as we might think you know I've heard that before that oh I didn't want to you know I took his phone number even though I really didn't want to talk to him so I just ignored his call when he called me if you would just tell them like, you know what, I'm not really interested at this time, but thank you. They tend to get over it much easier than if you like take their phone over, they call, you're ghosting them or not answering the phone call. And they're like, well, she says she wanted my number. What's up? <laughs> I know it's, I wish everybody could listen to this podcast and next time they want to string a guy along and not reply to his text message. It's like, just do the right thing, the courteous thing by saying, you know what? I don't think we're a good match. Uh, Good luck in your search. And you seem like a great guy. I just don't think you're the great guy for me. You know, whatever it is. I mean, it's still better than ignoring his phone calls and not texting back, especially if he just treated you to dinner or something, right? Like now he feels used. So yes, 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 yes. And just like women, men can, you know, have resentment towards things like that. And they start to use that as their metric for when they're out meeting new women or trying to date or whatever, because they've been burned like that or ghosted in the process. So it goes both ways. 100% agree with you. So why are dating and relationships so hard, in your opinion, if it is hard? Um, it can be very challenging. Um, but in my opinion, what I've learned is that both men and women uh, tend to have this expectation, like a story already set in their mind of what is supposed to happen. And so when things fall outside of that, then it's like, oh, she's wrong, he's wrong, I'm wrong, they're wrong. Like it's all these judgments around this supposed ending or outcome that should have happened on this day at this time when really dating is no different than any other journey. You know, even once you're in the relationship, it's no different than any other journey. It's not linear. It's not from point A to B to C. Sometimes it's just like a zigzag all over the place. And you know, everyone's map is not the same, you know, just because there was a great connection when you first met, maybe six weeks in, that connection has diminished based on the reality of dealing with each other through this process. And that's totally okay. Like that's, 
it's the process of life for all of us, you know? So I think that creates the internal feeling of like dread and like, oh God, I got a date. And, you know, it's the difficulty is where I think that comes from. I hear what you're saying. I mean, I, yeah, (laughs) it's so interesting that um, your mindset is really what you make of your experience in life. I feel like if you have a negative attitude, then you're going to attract negative dates, right? If you have a positive attitude and always look on the bright side of things, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, In order for dating and relationships to not be so hard, I just feel like communication just needs to be there. You know, for example, what we were talking about, like, telling somebody you're not a match and then you move on. So like you get to the next person quicker instead of uh, leading him on and communication can solve 95% of problems out there. I really think so. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Communication, communication. And I think willingness, I think Uh, people underestimate the uh, virtue of willingness, like having that openness to be willing to, you know, fix something or willing to be truthful and willing to be, um, you know, try again. That tends to get diminished by the stories that go on replay in our mind. And um, we think we should just give up. It isn't worth it, whatever. But um, when you have that open communication to just, you know, find something out or ask the question or say what you need to say because something bothered you. Whatever it is, just having that open line of communication, I think is imperative. And also on the lines of communication, it's also be more forgiving. I feel like people just find reasons to not go on a second date sometimes. Like, well, he was 10 minutes late for the date or she was 12 minutes late for the date. It's like, okay, first date, I get it. Hopefully she or he doesn't make a habit of being late all the time. But if they apologized profusely and you have a great date anyway, like be a little bit more forgiving. And sometimes it's like women judging the men because he didn't dress right the way she wanted him to. It's like, okay, then once your boyfriend, girlfriend, you can make suggestions and he can go to an image consultant and yeah. yeah, you can help him dress better and yeah. give your input. He just didn't know better. So just yes. little things like that. I feel like people just need to be a little bit more forgiving with the daily stuff. And yeah, dating yeah. Is a lot easier if we just don't have all these expectations going in, right? Like you're not wearing yes. your wedding dress to the first date. <laughs> like you're not getting married right there. So yeah. 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 Farah, what are some dating tips, one or two dating tips, uh, before I let you go, that you can uh, give the audience based on what you've learned all these Mm -hmm. years with you dating and you being in this business, what are some practical things that singles can do to find themselves in a better position to be in a relationship or to date better? Um, So first, I think doing that little self-assessment I talked about earlier and just understanding and being honest about where you're at. What you want is not necessarily where you're at. Those are two different things. So being honest about that with yourself, 
And then once you've identified that where you're at, um, taking the time to just like, cause a lot of people, what they do is, is like, okay, I'm dating now. So they only do activities that they think will lead to them finding a date. And that puts a lot of pressure on this, on you and the situation. And really, if you just look at it, like, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy my life. I'm going to start doing things that I really want to try or restaurants. I really been wanting to eat at that. I just haven't, I'm going to call up, you know, my friends that I haven't talked to in a while. I'm going to join this professional networking organization, whatever it is that piques your interest. That's what you should focus on. That's when you'll meet the person or persons that could be a great connection for you. It's not going to be when you like, oh, we have to go to this place because they have, you know, date night on Friday night or whatever it is. That's usually when you don't meet the person. (laughs) And also um, just simple activities too. being open when you're doing simple activities like going to the grocery store, uh, walking your dog, um, you know, picking up kids uh, from daycare, whatever, you meet people all the time and you engage with people all the time in these like simple daily activities that everybody has to do, but we don't consider those opportunities to meet mingle. So we just kind of shrug it off. But those activities are the things that will lead you to meet that person. You'd be surprised at how helpful people are and you'd be surprised how influential you are to those type of people like people may be checking you out when you don't realize it they want to meet you when you don't realize it and those simple interactions can lead to a connection very easily I think you're right because if you put so much emphasis on oh let's go out Friday night because I know it's like a little singles activity then you're putting all this pressure on meeting somebody there. But what you're saying is actually you can meet somebody anywhere, just being yourself, being nice, being kind, running your errands, know how to pick out a watermelon. Like somebody is going to be checking you out always, wherever you are, right? So um, I think on top of that is, we just need to put away our cell phones. I mean, I see so many people around town waiting at Costco to check out and they're on their phones instead of looking around, making eye contact, smiling at people, asking them about what's in their baskets, start conversations that way. Like, Yes. People are on their phones everywhere. I think I, I think that's the problem. Like if you just commit to leaving your phone in your car when you go shopping or when you go run an errand, I bet you you will meet somebody. Yeah, I would I would bet that too. Totally. Like even if you're going to an event and just keep your phone in your purse or keep it in your pocket and just like every time you think about reaching for your phone, like go introduce yourself. Like, just make that bet with yourself. Like, every time I think about it, I'm just going to go to someone and introduce myself and do it that way. Because I know it's hard. (laughs) I reach for my phone, too. Okay, so Farah, in the 30 minutes or so that we've been talking, you seem to be very smiley, very positive. Like, I can see your teeth, so you are smiling in the camera. (laughs) Now... How would you suggest a woman who meets a nice man somewhere 
and she thinks he's kind of cool, wants to keep in mm-hmm. touch with him or want to give her number to him, but he's not asking, how would a woman go mm-hmm. about doing that in a flirtatious yet effective way of letting him know that she's interested and hopefully he will call her? How would she go about that? I think uh, striking up a conversation. So guys are really simple. So you can like, you don't have to put a lot of thought into striking up a conversation with a guy. <laughs> you just like, how are you doing? A compliment goes a long way with guys. So compliment on his outfit or hair or whatever. You just make sure it's genuine. And then get him talking and ask him questions about himself. So if you give a compliment and he's like, thanks, then you can follow it up with, you know, is that your favorite color? Like if he's wearing blue, say, oh, is blue your favorite color? And that just kind of gets the conversation going. And then as he's talking, you can always throw in like, well, you know, I really like that tie. I mean, your girlfriend or wife, they must have picked that out for you because it looks great. Then we've opened the door for him to be like, oh yeah, my wife loves to shop for me. Then you know. But if he's like, oh, I don't have a girlfriend or wife, now you've got an opening there to kind of change the direction of the conversation. Um, and you know, kind of I, I wouldn't go directly into asking for his number after that, but just to keep the conversation going and do a little flirting maybe an arm tap, you know, with your hand, smiling, making eye contact, and hopefully he picks up the signals, because I do prefer that the guy asks the woman for the phone number. In most cases, it it makes a better dynamic, not in all, but in most, in my opinion, but if he hasn't, you can go in for it and see what happens. Um, I think when you do it that way, then in most cases, the guy picks up the hint. But if he doesn't, it's totally okay to go in and ask, you know, hey, I would like to continue this conversation. You know, can I get your number or can we swap numbers and maybe connect over text or something? So, okay. I like that. I like that. Um, if I was single right now, I'm not. I've been married for, I don't know, five, six years now. But if I was single, I would probably make up little cards with my name, first name, maybe and my phone number or my Google text number or Google voice number. And maybe just be like, wow, this was a really good conversation, but I got to run. Here's my info. Hopefully give me a call if you want to do something. And then just like kind of like, like dine and dash, like just give them <laughs> my number and take off. But I, really I like that idea. Like women should have even business cards that you give out, right? Like if you're not That's afraid great, to tell yes. someone where you live or what your last yes. name is or where you work, but yes. just make little cards, like calling cards to be like, oh gosh, Farrah, you're so great. We'd love to keep in touch with you. Even if you're a woman and I want to be friends with you, like that's a good way for it us is. to stay in touch. So yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> okay, so before I let you go, can you mm-hmm. tell the audience how, they can contact you if they want to work with you and what your ideal client is for you to work with. Absolutely. So you can reach me on my website, fairblakely.com. And on there, um, I do have a section where if you have questions or you just want to get in contact with me, you can shoot me an email. Uh, my email is farah at fairblakely.com. 
And my ideal client is going to be men and women that are at a point where they're really serious about wanting to find someone. And they've been doing it on their own. They're not sure what they're doing doing wrong. They're not sure of their blind spots, but they do know that they're ready to move into a relationship and they need the help to get there. So I usually work with business professionals, uh, single mothers um, and single fathers, but yeah, you're just ready for a relationship and you feel like you've done all the things and you're at the end of your row, then I'm here to help you. What age range do you specialize in, if any? Um, 35 to 55. Okay. So that's your sweet yeah. spot. 35 yeah. to 55. Yeah. Men and women who need help or want a little bit more guidance, not that you're doing anything wrong, but that just want someone else to give you some tips and something to yeah. look at and assess your uh, life. That's, that's great. I love it. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Sarah, any last parting comments, dating tips, whatever, before I let you go? Um, I will say this, if your energy, your inner energy isn't into it, like you're just kind of doing things. Cause you know, like, Oh, this is what you're supposed to do to date and meet someone then it will be very difficult for you. So always check in with yourself about how you really feel about it. If you're just like at a space where you're like, you know what, I just really don't want to do this. Don't force it. Just take a break from dating. Don't force it because then you'll attract negative people or people with toxic traits that can come in and negative, negatively influence your life. I'm always an advocate for making sure you feel good so you can attract good yeah I love that. feel good yeah. to attract good so yeah. well thank you for joining me today and if you are a man looking to date an asian woman please contact me at two asianmatchmakers.com ladies i would love for you to fill out a profile with me so i know where to find you and set you up with men all across the u.s and thank you so much, Farah, for joining me. And everybody else, please subscribe or like my video. I appreciate any comments or questions you have. I am an open book. Thank you very much. I will see you guys later. Bye, Farah. Bye.